Um, you hearing everything okay so far? That feels great. All right, let's see here. What about this? Pigs don't have hearts. Pigs don't have hearts. Pigs don't have hearts. Yeah, I can hear that. What about now? Pigs don't have hearts. Pigs don't have hearts. Pigs don't have hearts. Say what? Nicely done. Pigs. You're not going to be able to hear it in they stereo. Pigs don't have hearts. <laughs> no, they don't. Okay. <laughs> yeah, this is th- this movie gave me a, a wondrous, a joyous gift. So, <laughs> all right, here we go. This show will pollute listeners' ears with foul language, occasional sexually explicit content, and more irony than is allowed for single episodes. In the last several years, distributors of obscenity have expanded into new areas, employing new technologies and reaching new audiences. Neither our Constitution, our courts, our people, nor our respect for common decency and human suffering will allow this trafficking in obscene material. Cinema PsyOps. Which exploits women and men alike to continue. Sharing filth-laden desires on mic to warp the brains of listeners until they are all demented deviants. Federal laws are being violated, and thus I am committed to redoubling the federal effort to ensure that those criminal elements who are trafficking in obscenity are pursued with a vengeance and prosecuted to the hill. The fact that society is becoming much more open now, uh, less repressed, and I think there's less need for... Cinema PsyOps. Without dignity, they shout into the void in a vain attempt to be loved. Living in this culture now where there's just icebergs of filth floating through every house on Wi-Fi, it's inconceivable what it must be like to be a young adolescent now with this kind of access to... Cinema PsyOps. It must be dizzying and exciting, but corrupting in a way that we can't even think about. A pirate ship with a tattered flag, sailing across seas of questionable movies while firing cannons of disdain. Cinema PsyOps. Long may she sail. Hello and welcome to Cinema PsyOps. Not sitting in the studio due to traffic issues, car issues, voter registration act violations, all sorts of overtime. It's Matt. I did my civic duty, so now I'm drinking. (laughs) You said duty. Because my civic duty bummed me out. (laughs) Yes, that was a vote. A vote was made. I casted a vote. That was done. I casted a vote. And I changed nothing. Yay! Yeah. (laughs) And I think we're going to see one of the bigger voter turnouts in history because I thought I was going to be able to go up. And yeah, while it's where I have to work, so many people like on my Facebook and stuff have been voting like during the day. I was like, I'm going to be able to get in and get out. And that's not the case at all. I stood in line for a good long time. (laughs) Here's my problem. Uh, I could almost guarantee 95% of the people I was in line with voted Republican. Oh, I don't doubt it. They're fur and they're 
fury and their yeah. fear has been stoked. And where we're right. at in the country, I'm positive that a yeah. lot of what's going to happen here is going to go red, but we'll see what happens with the rest of the country. Yes. I mean, the rest of the country I have hope for, it's just me trying to get up the gumption to vote and see like all like the, the social media the, and everything. Gotta vote. You gotta vote. You always have to vote. You, you, you gotta do it. I'm like, you guys would feel differently if you lived where I lived. <laughs> And, and, and your vote hardly ever counted for anything. It kind of does sometimes, you know? Maybe like, in the, it, like the city, in Omaha. If, if like if you get Omaha proper, like downtown Omaha stuff, like those districts, yeah. y- your vote can change things down there because th- there's, uh, there's you know, and more of an even percentage there. But I, when it gets out to my area, man, it gets rough. <laughs> yeah, well, what are you going to do, you know? Uh, I still did it. So, you know, kiss my ass. I'm drinking whiskey. Yeah, but what you're also not taking into account is the group of people that you were in line with were also the people that waited till the very last minute. Early voting is at a high record now. And I know we're, we're kind of talking politics, but at the same time, we're just talking about topical issues for the day because it is the yeah. 6th of November. It is the 2018 primary yeah, this election. Is a, it's, a, it's a big day. You know, it's a, it's a big kind of thing, you know, so it's, you know, topical. Um, and people, you know, relive thing. this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, you, you you're right. And so that I know a lot of people who did uh, absentee or early uh, voting. So I had to because my wife is out of town. She's dealing with some family stuff out of town right now. And I was like bringing it up to her. I'm like, you realize you scheduled it on voting day. So what are you going to do? And she's like, well, can I do an absentee ballot? And I'm like, I don't know. You'll have to find out. Three days passed by and her being her, she's a procrastinator. So <laughs> three days passed by. She didn't mention looking it up or doing anything about it. So I took the time to look it up for her, did the research and sent her everything. And then she was like, well, I don't know if I want to go by myself. I'm like, fine, I'll vote early just so I'll make sure that you go and you vote. <laughs> there you go. So did you uh, vote for uh, Titilu? Cthulhu, you mean? Cthulhu. I never know how to say his name. <laughs> Most of us don't know how to say it. It's actually just, you know, a fear inducing noise that you make in the back of your throat when you see him. That's what we're actually trying to do. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I believe his proper name is, oh, Jesus Christ, what is that? I believe its real name is, what are those tentacles going to do to me? <laughs> no, seriously, I need to know because I'm really into it. Is this anime? It's a thing. Yeah, that is actually it's a just, thing in anime. It is a thing. <laughs> Thank it's you, David. We thing. appreciate that. <laughs> Thank you, David. All I right. hope you voted today All right, for, so, for tentacle sex. All right, so not to get too much more politics going on here, but uh, we had a pretty epic episode this last week that we did the crossover with Psychosomatic Cast, and it was something that was leading up to this day. We're recording on the day, so let's kind of step away from the voting and how it does or does not matter. It's pretty much the only say you have in anything anyway, so if you don't do it, that's your own damn fault, and you have no right to complain. Yeah. So this week, Matt's got the notes, and we are doing the second on that Matt Simer double feature Blu-ray from Vinegar Syndrome, and it is Lady Coca this week. Lady Coca, even though her name's Coco. Yeah, well, they spell it Coca on there, yeah. or you could pronounce it Coco, whatever. It's, yeah, they pronounce it Coco in the movie, so I well, went with Coco. Well, the original title for this was Pop Goes the Weasel, which is why the theme song for the movie yeah. is Pop Goes the Weasel. Every which, music in this movie is a variation of Pop Goes the Weasel. That's probably because it was royalty-free and they could get away with it, Matt. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. 
<laughs> we'll we'll dig into it a little bit more, but I just wanted to point out that this is the second in that feature. We had someone kind of say that they would like to have us point out how you can get some of these movies available and also since it's a two-pack kind of comparing them. But I wanted yeah. to hold off on doing that comparison because we didn't do the second one until now, so we can compare the two films, you know. Uh-huh. We can do that on our well, final thoughts or what have you. There you go. All right. Well then. <laughs> but since uh Lady Coco <laughs> <laughs> the the titular character of Pop Goes the Weasel, however that works. Yeah, right. <laughs> since she's actually a singer, Lola Falan, I believe her name is. But oh, really? Yeah, since she's actually a singer, it's Falana or Lola Falana or something along those lines. Yeah, she was pretty well known in the like late seventies and, and early seventies. She had her own variety show and all of that kind of stuff. She started out as like a background performer, dancer, and uh, background singer for other like other various uh, R and B and soul and those kind of performances, maybe even disco and that kind of stuff. You know how it all kind of crosses over back in that era. She yeah. started off there and like in the late 60s and stuff like that, doing R&B and all that stuff. And then I guess um, Sammy Davis Jr. at some point had found her and started helping her develop her career. And he's actually the one that pushed Matt Simer into making this film after he saw Matt Simer's first film that we were, not first film, but the first film we talked about, which was The Candy Tangerine Man. He decided that he wanted to have Simer do something similar for Lola, and that's kind of where this film came from. And because well, how about that? And because she's a you know variety performer, and she's done various songs and things like that. I actually pulled some music that was found from some of her shows that were broadcast on TV of some of her performances, some are covers, some of her original songs, that kind of thing. I think even one of them is like a medley or something like that. So we'll see. But that's the music I picked for this week. It's <laughs> Lola's nice. music. So there we go. <laughs> well, now that everybody's been fully warned about what they're about to get themselves into we're gonna take a full break here full break full break you guys can go run out and vote now (laughs) or you could just pause the podcast at any time and go out and vote but if you're listening to this it's already too late so what the fuck unless we're listening to this two years from now (laughs) exactly two years from now (laughs) exactly two years from now you guys got to go out and vote or on an on an even year that makes it a primary of some sort they can go out and vote sure why not (laughs) yeah yeah, there you go you never know man this could be around forever (laughs) (laughs) Lord, i hope not it's just not going to be that good of an episode episode but anyway we're gonna we're gonna take a break here we're gonna play a promo from our main feed here we actually have a patreon getting started for legion podcasts and so we're going to start begging for money on behalf of legion podcasts which everybody else on legion should be doing as well and then we'll have some music from lola falana and we will not have a trailer because it doesn't fucking exist so there we go well there you go this will keep it quiet oh hi there i didn't see you you call me cutting a new show I'm Bo Ransdell, and I'm one of the many creators you can find on Legion Podcasts. I said quiet! My fellow podcasters and I work hard to bring you the best in horror podcasting, but that comes at a cost. What's that like to live deliciously? Not that, but also, yes. No, what I'm getting at is that there are server costs, costs for good microphones and software for editing, all the things that make our shows, you know, fun to listen to. And you can help. If you're enjoying the shows on legionpodcasts.com or in the Legion Network available on iTunes and Stitcher, just about anywhere you can download a podcast, really, you can help us out and get a little something for your trouble at patreon.com forward slash legion podcasts. For just two bucks a month, you get a pair of movie commentaries exclusive to Patreon. And for five dollars, you can also join us for a monthly screening of a movie. All of that available on patreon.com forward slash legion podcasts. We appreciate it and thank you for listening. 
Now, back to the cutting room. She actually does not have too bad of a voice. I'm pretty That's impressed. A very, very pretty voice. Yeah. Um, you can kind of tell in a lot of the overdub stuff where she does her voice again, but uh, the way that this particular actress, when she's acting Lola Falana, she sounds pretty cool the way that she uses her voice and her range and all of that, particularly in the manipulation scenes we're about to get to. But uh, oh, yeah. I wasn't prepared for exactly how beautiful of singing voice she actually does have when I was pulling these out of her variety shows. Oh, well, you know, sometimes it's surprising. Uh, I didn't think when you told me she was a singer, I was very surprised because I I didn't think how that voice could sing. But <laughs> color me wrong. Well, that and like, where does she have the lung power to get that powerful of a voice coming out when she is singing? Because she's a tiny little lady. She is very tiny. It's just her voice was so whiny. I thought, what are you gonna play Nirvana if she's a singer? I just uh, I'll just do the fucking notes. <laughs> I did that joke just for you, by the way. All right, so we start off in jail. Uh, we see our uh, lady. Coco is laying in a cell and two guards come in uh, saying that it's time to go. She said that uh, you know she had a deal and uh, she wanted some new clothes before she was going to leave. So the other lady guard who is, well she was just unfortunate looking. Uh, but uh, she gives her a bag and uh, Coco's not very happy about the clothes that she bought her but she said listen you wanted decent clothes that's what you got. I don't see how that dress costs $200 so something tells me uh, lady prison guard went ahead and pocketed the rest. Probably. I mean, it's a prison guard, so probably corrupt. Pigs. Pigs. Yeah. Pigs. Oh. <laughs> Yes, exactly. Fucked up, uh, <laughs> We uh, see two men talking, and that brings us to our first clip. Alfonso King. What's this bit of calling yourself Coco Delange? Everybody's got his thing to do, Sergeant. Well, I sure don't envy you boys at the Attorney General's office trying to look after this hot piece of cheese. Turning state's evidence in a Harlem racketeer don't lend a living very long, does it? Well, what the hell does? Christ, if you don't die of cancer or a heart attack, you go through the windshield of your car. Hmm, yeah. She's got a mouth, for sure. Look, she's in here only for contempt of court. So if she's got such a big mouth, how come she wasn't willing to testify against her boyfriend before now, huh? Like running half the rackets in Harlem, New York, and 
trying to buy a piece of Reno, Nevada. It's two different things. She knows you guys are going to get them sooner or later. So why should she keep taking the rap for them? Can't see why some people want to stop a little honest enterprise just because it's black. The man's a racketeer. He doesn't exactly do everything legal, Lieutenant. The things they're trying to nail him for are not my idea of honest enterprise. <laughs> so you never heard of racketeers in Nevada before now, huh? Besides, they can't prove anything on this kid. All he's doing is the same as groups who send in a white guy to buy a house for a black family in Beverly Hills. Now, what the hell's wrong with that? Well, if it was my neighborhood, I wouldn't like it. Is that all I have to sign? Don't get upset, Lieutenant. All you need now is the body. What a body. Yeah, yeah. What's the holdup? You ready? Yeah. And who are you? Lieutenant Ramsey Miller, Attorney General's office. For your protection, you just call me a Ramsey. Sounds cozy. Yeah, let's go. All right. Nice little racism there. So that's, I guess, cool. It was casual. Yeah. It wasn't full on racism. I mean, <laughs> it was casual. It was very casual. I mean, it he's just, bus- he's just advocating a white ethno neighborhood. He just wants to, you know, oh wait, that is, that's horrible racism. That's not casual. <laughs> that's casual racism. That That's business casual racism. You know, <laughs> that's, that's the, that's the, the khakis and uh, tucked in polo shirt of racism. Which is. It's just racism. It's not a three-piece suit. It's just some khakis and a a polo. Yeah, I mean, that guy was fucked, but he's also a prison guard, so. Pigs. 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 Fucked up pigs. Pigs don't have hearts. (laughs) Jesus. What's really fucked up about this is we have a friend who's a prison guard, and he's a really decent dude. I know, he's a really great guy. (laughs) We're kind of dick. And I even told him one night, I'm like, look, man, you constantly make me redefine my definition of prison guards and or law enforcement all together. I know, can you imagine if you ever met a law enforcement officer who was a cool guy or <laughs> woman? It could be the one. I did, no, that doesn't exist. I mean, I want, I, God, do you know how badly I want to say you're wrong? Fucked <laughs> <laughs> up, don't have hearts. Anyway, we find out that Coco's been in jail for a year and a half just for that testified. Yeah, she, she was arrested while black. Yeah, so she hasn't broken any laws. She was arrested because she wouldn't testify. Yeah, she's being held in contempt of court, and that's the only thing that she's being held for. So they're literally trying to squeeze a testimony out of her by compelling her to testify and a good lawyer should have gotten her out way before this uh, okay back then in those days were the chances that she's going to be able to get a good lawyer her hubby boyfriend guy should have been working on it and he said that he was later on in the show but you know whatever but we'll, we'll find out some other things here yeah there's there's this lady's been through some stuff yeah, yeah right no kidding so we meet lieutenant ramsey here and he joins his bu- partner doug fuller and escorts uh Coco into the car. We then cut to another car. It, hey, it's me, Joan Green. Yeah. Me, Joe Green. Yeah. It, it's, and then some sketchy white dude. <laughs> me, what I want under mean Joe Green is some sketchy looking white guy. What I don't get is the guy works in the attorney's office that goes to pick her up, the white dude with the big furry hat, and yet yeah. he's a lieutenant of some sort. So do the police actually have a department that works directly in the that department? I thought that was all lawyer stuff. Why is there a police officer who's a lieutenant that is also there in the attorney? Maybe he doesn't work with the uh, district attorney's office, but he's working with the district attorney. So he doesn't work for, but he's working with. I think it's just another one of those typical Matt Simer type things where they're like, don't think about this too much. 
let's just let it be. He's a police officer who also works with the district attorney. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, probably. You know, they didn't explain it quite like, you know, when uh, Lenny from uh, Law and Order retired and then technically, you know, on occasion started working for the uh, when they did the Law and Order, only the courtroom stuff. It wasn't the cops part. So it was, I think it was just order. And uh, Lenny was on that for a little bit before, you know, well, right. he died himself. I, died. I, I could see that, you know, he could be like an investigator who at his one time was a retired but police the lieutenant, lieutenant. thing yeah, yeah that's that's just weird i i call horse shit on that All that's right. not a I'm thing <laughs> <laughs> right, it's not a thing. Thanks, boss. So anyway, um, Doug is there to make sure that Coco makes her court date to testify. Uh, and apparently she likes what she sees. Uh, Lieutenant, uh, the Lieutenant explains that they will be going to a hotel and they will be uh, looking like they are a newlywed couple, which Coco is okay. She keeps referring to Doug as it. Does it talk? What does it do? Does it say anything? Yeah, Coco's so, a fucking then, fiery and, little pocket rocket and I'm digging it. Uh-huh. And here's what I... I thought you'd like when uh, he goes, there's not much to talk about or I don't have much to say. She goes, oh, it does talk. And then she goes, good job, Lieutenant. You're really up in your game as uh, like uh, not public defenders, but as uh, public servants. <laughs> Like I bet court side up is just masturbating right now, feverishly to this. I wanted to reach into the screen and pull that little lady out and give her a better life because I liked her attitude. <laughs> she has that can-do, plucky sort of attitude, I tell you. <laughs> yeah, I was crushing on her hardcore, like, right from the get-go. The level of trash this woman talks really got me going. Right. Well, we see the Mean Joe green car, and uh, the weird dude is really pissing off Mean Joe, man. He's smoking, he doesn't like it, and so he notices that, and then he goes to toss the cigarette out and he did open up the window so then he has to deal with the cigarette burning him which... yeah that was kind of comic relief but it didn't quite work yeah. i think what they were trying to establish is that mean joe green's character of big joe is pretty much the badass of the two and the other guy is just along to be the assistant yes it's it's obvious mean joe runs this particular outfit yeah in this anarchy mean joe green runs it yeah no why because he's mean joe on green and you want to you can't make on election day you can't make that joke. I think that's a law. <laughs> I'm saying Mean Joe Green would run that anarchy. You can't deny Mean Joe Green anything he wants, Matt. You know, you're right. I'm sorry, Mean Joe. My apologies. <laughs> that's right, sir. You can run anarchies, Mean Joe Green. <laughs> mean Joe passes a very young court psyop in the tunnel. Here, kid, have my anarchy. <laughs> Thanks, me, Joe. <laughs> okay, whoever out there wants to make a freaking alternative photography of that, get on it. That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> he passes me an anarchy. That's amazing. I love that idea. We get to the hotel uh, slash casino because it's Nevada, so obviously it's a hotel slash casino. It was really uh, nice to see a hotel slash casino in the upper part of Nevada around the Tahoe area where there's snow on the ground and, you know, skiing is yeah. possible. It was cool. They didn't do the whole Vegas thing, you know? I mean? Well, I think there's probably a good reason for that because I think this particular casino may have been struggling and offered them to shoot there for, you know, promotional stuff because it was featured very prominently and uh, also called out as to what it was and thanked at the very beginning of the movie too. So it was that, like, that's a, very true. This yeah. whole movie's a giant commercial for the King Hill Casino in beautiful Lake Tahoe, Nevada. Oh, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> when they're checking in, they go, may we have your baggage and Doug fumbles around and I'm like, Great thinking on your feet there, Doug. You're supposed to be undercover. <laughs> and you have to re you have to refer to the old white man behind you and your newlywed 
and wife about where your bags are. Yeah. This, uh, God damn it, Doug. This operation is not off to a good start. Doug is very clearly a little green around the gills with this kind of work. And yeah. you find out later why he may have been selected, but it's kind of obvious right off the start start of this that he's a bit out of his depth in all sorts of you know definitions of that term yeah, a whole lot of ways he's uh he's not involved and uh and the lieutenant's getting to the age where he just doesn't give a shit anymore no you're, uh, you're starting to, find... to think coco's doomed right from the get-go yeah, yeah. <laughs> starting to think wow coco uh you dead coco you you better just go back to jail <laughs> with your mouth and this horrible freaking security detail you fucked lady yeah uh, anyway she walks by a slot machine there's a drunk cowboy he's playing the girl he's with is pretty much stealing money from him because he's so super drunk but coco pulls on the big you know hilariously large lever for the slot machine and he ends up getting a jackpot out of it so there you go yeah they have this thing kind of established that other than this whole like her being arrested thing she's got really good luck when it comes to gambling you know like they they kind of try to set it up that she has some kind of like magic touch with this shit yeah that she's like lady luck right only it's you know all about the cocoa with this particular lady exactly we then check in the bad guys start checking in so there we go uh they get up to the room and we realize lieutenant is a pretty awful tipper i think he threw the bag boy like a shiny nickel yeah a little bit of racism there i think well i don't think the kid was uh uh black though that doesn't matter maybe the lieutenant maybe the lieutenant's racist (laughs) against white kids who are bag boy (laughs) you know he might be i don't know i get a feeling about this guy that's kind of weird that or he's just that or he's just fat and cheap i think he threw a nickel at him and said, pull yourself up by your bootstraps like I did with my father's inheritance money I got. Dude, not every guy to suit is Trump. I mean, close, but not every one of them. <laughs> no, but like every guy in a suit pretty much got there because someone else put them there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, pretty much. Uh, Kogo is talking about uh, she wants like a dre- her, a new dress, she wants a nail file, she wants makeup, she wants all this stuff. Uh, that was all part of her deal is that she kind of gets what she wants. And then she also ordered the lieutenant to make Doug talk to her because as she put it if Coco talks everyone talks so it, it very much you can see that Coco may have not had a lot of people to talk to in the in the in, in the slammer I believe they were trying to make her crack so more than likely she was isolated from everything except for like maybe lunches and shower time because she has yeah. very vivid memories of shower time that we'll get to later hello <laughs> hello movie should have shown us that stuff right the lieutenant leaves but he also leaves a key in the door. I thought that was weird, but then we see why here in a little bit. Doug and Coco then begin to fight about kind of like what the cops want, what the cops can do. She pretty much says the attorney general doesn't know his ass from a hole in the ground. So she pretty much just doesn't trust authority figures at all. And I'm like, Jesus, this is like if court weren't already married, uh, (laughs) he'd be looking to already put a ring on it. (laughs) Like I said, if I could snatch her out of the TV and give her a better life, I think I would have. Yeah, right. I don't know, man. The way she works, she probably would have given you a better life. Possibly, yeah, yeah. <laughs> she then orders pretty much the entire menu. She orders like like uh, like shakes and surf and turf and uh, mashed potatoes and a whole ton of shit. Yeah, and then she orders like huge amounts of food. Yeah, he gives her a bunch of shit too about it. Like you're gonna die or something. You can't eat yeah, all of goes, that. What do, you, what do you want me to do with the body? 
Yeah. And her response to that is beautiful because she's just like, trust me, I'll eat it all. And you get the feeling yeah. that maybe this lady's metabolism is out of control and that's why she's so tiny. Yeah, exactly. Because we and has you know full of that kind of energy she has. Yeah, and if you think about it too, there's a lot of competitive eaters out there that are these tiny little people that have metabolisms that are like a bull weevil where they have to eat their own weight and food every day. Yeah, right. Exactly. She's walking up, she goes, Oh, okay. And she points to a painting she doesn't like. She goes, Okay, you gotta get rid of the painting or get rid of the strawberries. I can't have both in the room, which is weird. <laughs> and, and 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 Doug goes, Well, strawberries would be easier. She goes, Yeah, you're right. Then she comes in, she goes, No, the strawberries wouldn't be easier. The strawberries are constant. Then she goes on a diatribe about fucking art. So it proves that she like read a lot about art. And as she goes to take shower number one, Doug looks at the painting and goes, God damn, she might be right. <laughs> Yeah, she has a way about her that really convinces you she knows exactly what she's talking about. Although if you pay really close attention to the stuff that she's saying, she's speaking with complete unearned confidence about a lot of stuff, including all the yeah. missed quotes that she does. Yeah, missed quotes, but apparently she reads a lot. I'm just saying. <laughs> right, but just because she reads a lot doesn't mean that she's reading correct things. I mean, it was the 70s. That's right. That's true. Well, the bad guys are in the room. Almost seems like uh, like the hotel is kind of like split into two buildings with like probably the casino you know, connecting them. They are in the building that is across from the building, so they have a direct access to their window. And they have a sight, and it seems Mean Joe's building a sniper rifle. So It could also be one of those C-shaped things that some casinos will do, where the bottom floor is in a C, or a pattern that will be confusing, with like a court, yeah. courtyard in the middle kind of thing. And then the building goes up on all four sides to make it look like it's bigger than it is, you know? Like it's it's like yeah, a C-shape, or like a maybe like a square, but it's open in the middle and that's where the casino is in the dead center or something like that yeah yeah that's that's true that could be something like that too e either way it's it's they're they're in the room across there yeah you can see all the stuff that's about to happen coming about a mile away particularly like whenever mean yeah. joe green shows up on screen you're like and that's the hitman that's coming to get her you don't even have yeah. to have well, him actually introduced not, as such you're not surprised by anything that happens in this movie let's just say that yeah one or two things kind of caught me by surprise and we'll get into that okay uh coco tries to escape but she finds that the lower door is locked by the the outside and that's why the key was put there by the lieutenant because he even had an idea that she might try to get out yeah so she was faking her first shower and then when she realizes she can't get out then she goes and showers yes yeah, so we get into coco shower number one well the lieutenant comes back we find out he talks to and doug are talking he wants to know why he's been chosen because he's just a beat cop and there are no african-american cop in the lieutenant's department the lieutenant says he finds he the reason the real reason he picked him is because he has character he feels like he's just like him. And he said, I don't give a damn if you're black, red, green, yellow, white, anything. You remind me of me and you got character. And then he goes, and more than that, you can run faster than me. Well, I think I could probably run faster than that, Lieutenant. Y yeah, that guy's got a cane for crying out loud. <laughs> <laughs> Well, even without that physical handicap of, you know, having to walk with a cane, he also has quite a few pounds on me. Yeah, well, and quite a few years of age and a smoker, a habitual cigar smoker. So I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> and plus his face doesn't look very wind resistant with all the pock marks. Yeah, right. That face so, is the result uh, of slash and burn shaving, man, I swear. Yeah. <laughs> Room service shows up with all this food and Coco gets out of her hot shower. And Coco says she can't eat any of that out of her hot shower. It all has to be light food. So she 
instead orders uh, a Caesar salad with a white wine. So, and this becomes relevant in the RAC see it because something else happens here later. So anyway, we have the bad guys having dinner. And of course, white creepy guy is annoying. Mean uh, Joe Green again, by the way, he eats spaghetti. Uh, he's kind of just, this guy's a slob. So yeah, he's <laughs> just terrible. He's supposed to be comedic relief, right? Like that's what the guy's supposed yeah. to be, but it just doesn't work because he's annoying no, us it, too. The audience is being yeah. annoyed by him. I, I'm not, I'm not fighting this funny. I'm actually, this is really pissing, pissing me off. If anything, you're identifying with that character and his eating habits. Well, I kind of am because I eat spaghetti the same way. And I'm like, God damn it. Is that how I eat spaghetti? Probably sure. <laughs> fuck is. How the fuck did they put me in this movie in the 70s? I wasn't born yet. Yeah, I know. What the hell? Although he's drinking wine and I, I'm not a wine drinker. So. <laughs> <laughs> there is that. <laughs> um, Coco and Doug have a kind of an intimate conversation. And that is actually our next clip. You know the trouble with most of us is we ignore our instinct. You take liver. If you don't like it, you shouldn't eat it. If you don't like spinach, you shouldn't stick it in your mouth and tell yourself it's good for you. Probably choke on it. Take cigarettes, for instance. If you like tobacco, you should smoke it. Everything you want to do is not necessarily the best thing for you. Doctors say smoking causes cancer. Oh, doctors. You ever see a doctor live past 60? You tell a doctor you got health insurance and to get paid, he take out every fucking organ in your body. <laughs> What's so funny, don't you believe me? That's just it. I do. I remember when I got it in Nam. Nam? Yeah, in Vietnam. We were on patrol in one of those dinky little villages. I don't remember the name of the place. I got stupid, stepped in a hole with a tiger trap in it. Bunch of bamboo spikes nearly tore my leg off. By the time they got me back to the base hospital, this doctor thought gangrene had set in. He wanted to take my leg off. I told him if he touched my leg, I'd blow his head off. I'd rather die than be a cripple. Well, sounds stupid to me. I'd rather live myself. Forget it. I don't think you'd understand anyway. What's to understand? So a soldier loses an arm or a leg or whatever. You ever think of what you people do to people when you bust them for a traffic ticket, possession of a little grass? You don't just take away an arm or a leg. You take away the whole freedom. And you wonder why people are always screaming, fuck the pig. I think you've got your values a little mixed up. A soldier has no control over his destiny. The people you're talking about do. Freedom's just another word for love. Janis Joplin, Columbia Records, 1971. This ain't gonna get it. I wanted my day's freedom to have some time out. That's what was promised me. And that don't mean a mental jerk-off between you and me. Okay, what do you want to do? I want to get out of here. I want you to take me back downstairs to that dress shop so I can buy something. I can't do that. Oh, not to worry. I won't be any trouble. I just want the fun of putting on a new dress. I got my orders. Fuck your orders. You're paranoid. Obeying orders almost got your leg blown off. Hmm. I just want to feel like a woman again. And I won't be any trouble. Now, why don't you break down and have a heart? Pigs don't have hearts, remember? And you creeps ain't got no honor either. Now, I want what was promised I could do and have and say what I please, remember? Within limits. Limits, my ass. It is the unwritten bylaws of the American cop-out creed. I only regret that I have but one cop-out to give for my country. Nathan Hale, 1776. And they hung his ass. I think you've got your quotes a little mixed up. Forty feet with that bull, Buster Brown. Will you stop calling me that? It'd save yourself a lot of trouble if you just let Coco have what they promised her. Well, that's not the way I read the orders. What did they do, huh? What did they do? Take away your think machine when they say shit, you stupid grunt! Get your clothes on. Really? Yeah, really. Oh, wow. Wow, are we gonna have fun? We're gonna have a good time. And I'm gonna look so pretty. Oh, thank you, Mr. Policeman. Thank you so much. <laughs> Don't thank me. Thank the tiger trap. 
And remember, no trouble, right? That'll be good. And another thing, no more philosophy, okay? Philosophy is just another word for discretion. John Sheldon, 1650. <laughs> and no more bad language. All right, if you don't fall in love with her character during that entire diatribe, I got nothing for you for this show. That's why I took it. <laughs> She's the fucking best. That whole thing about like doctors find out you have insurance and they take out all your fucking internal organs. And then that, that shit about like how uh, police are just there specifically to bust people. I'm like, yes, yes. Hey, Lady Coco gets it. Why doesn't the rest of the world get it? <laughs> the rest of the world is just behind Lady Coco, unfortunately. Lord knows after that speech, I was way behind Lady Coco, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> All right. Good, good, D. <laughs> anyway, they, uh, as we're heading down, the waiter comes back up or room service, and he says, wait, where are you going? I have your Caesar salad. She goes, no, you misheard me. I said spaghetti, and you thought I said Caesar salad. And she goes, then I forgive you. And she went on a whole big diatribe about that, too. <laughs> I was like, wow, you, she likes to manipulate. Yeah, she like, likes oh. to play games. That's one of the things that's really funny about her, and the way that she dresses people down, you notice how her voice changes for manipulation when she wants to yell and get all that it gets like real overbearing and very strong and all of that but then when she's trying to manipulate by doing her sweet talk she gets all like high-pitched and mousy with her voice too oh yeah well and how about this uh, she's into manipulation and so you know but she's a woman so duh so anyway <laughs> the sexism is killing side <laughs> I figured I could let you die alone on that horse. I mean, you did that, I don't know, a few episodes ago, so I decided I had to. I can't let you die on that hill alone. <laughs> of course she's manipulative. I mean, she's a woman. I'm saying, damn. I mean, right? Holy cow. <laughs> and you can send your letters to <laughs> Legion Podcast. <laughs> yes. yes. Pay, Not pay, us, Legion. The way to Legion. file a complaint Legion. is to get to patreon.com forward slash Legion Podcasts. <laughs> and that's where you let him know you got problems with cinema psyops. Yeah, you pay there and he's more likely to listen. <laughs> In fact, you might have us taken out if you pay them enough money. I don't Right? Yeah. <laughs> As they head down to uh, the casino floor, it's blackjack time. And man, she couldn't miss. She's making the, some of the dumbest decisions you can make playing blackjack. She just kept winning. Fucking shit. That's where I was kind of like thinking that maybe she does have this streak of like some kind of gambling luck where it's like this signature thing for her character, you know? Well, and maybe it's not just gambling, as we'll see later. There's a lot of other luck she gets as well. Yeah, she pretty much just stumbles backwards into a charmed life, which is probably what yeah. makes her character so special and fun to watch. Yeah, probably. Me and Joe and the creep are there as well watching her. She does some clothes shopping, and they both meet there a new uh, newlywed couple. Uh, the uh, dude uh, annoys the living piss out of me. He's going really far out, man. It's all right on man that's righteous man it's like shut up and he's also calling a black man brother constantly yeah, and i was like whoa dude no you don't get to use that word in that that way that doesn't it, it, that, work. well yeah that that way like there's a way he could have said brother to him that would not have been horrible you know yeah but i mean he he he, he, he was he that for, not for nothing he put out a black guy you know a black guy voice you know so like in the old days they would put on blackface here they put on like black guy voice to try to I don't know. He was, down. He, he was trying to speak jive to the guy in a way to yeah. say, I'm hip, I'm cool, I know what's down. 
down. I know what's up. I know what's going on. And the yeah. whole time and you can doesn't. you can see he it. Doesn't on, know any of that. You can see it on Doug's face the entire time where he's just humoring him, like you dumb white dude, man. What are you doing? <laughs> exactly. Looking at this uh, this character, this new husband with he has got the square. He even has a square jaw. This could be more like what people think clean cut, you know, white American boys look like. Is this kid right here? <laughs> yeah, he's basically the first person who should die in a horror film. Like a group of friends in Texas Chainsaw, he's the one who gets hit on the head first with a hammer. Yeah, and, you know, while he's mumbling in his, you know, damaged brain, he gets put on a hook alive. <laughs> Something like that, yeah. As the, you know, they get new clothes, all that. As they're leaving, uh, she actually steals a bracelet and uh, Doug goes to return it. Uh, as he comes back, there she's talking to the newlywed couple and they the newlywed couple invite them out for dinner that night. Doug says they will see because, you know, he doesn't want to. Doesn't she have a conversation with the wife of the newlywed couple while he's talking with the guy? Yeah, but it's not anything deep. Uh, it's about like, hey, do you like this on me? And, you know, the the the, the newlywed wife was asking if she liked uh, the sleeping clothes on her. Uh, and they were kind of trying to, you know, they, they kind of just bonded that way. And uh, you newlyweds? Yeah. Are you newlyweds? She's like something like that. So, I mean, they have a conversation, but it's nothing of, I didn't like really write it down because it was almost nothing of consequence. Well, there is a bit of importance to it later on. Um, the reason that I wanted to bring it up because they're actually approaching the other side of like, you know, each like the males in each part of this quote unquote couple talk that's happening. The males are talking on the outside while the females are talking on the inside of the dressing room. And yeah. it's this weird, like almost engineered meat cute that feels awkward and I weird gotcha. and feels kind of like, okay, so either this is something's going on here or this is just badly written material that is just shoehorned in here to pad the runtime. And it's a Matt Simer film. So judging off of what we've seen from Candy Tangerine, man, we don't know which it is yet. Yeah, we don't know, man. It could just be something terrible. <laughs> which is exactly what I was expecting it to be. So this was yeah. the thing that kind of caught me by surprise later on in the movie. Because it's oh, so okay, it. it's so felt like just a shoehorned in pad runtime coupled talking kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> nice. I get I get that now. Um so then they get back to the room. He asks her uh what she's gonna do now, and she says she's gonna shit, shower, and shampoo. So we're at shower number two now. Yeah, yeah. And there's a it, there's a character thing going on with her about constantly wanting to get clean. Yeah, and, we're gonna get to it. I have a I have that in a clip, so where okay. she explains that. Sure. So okay. But I just like making the number of counts of showers. Well, my biggest problem with this is she does all this showering and yet we don't really see any of it. It's just her going yeah. in and then her coming out when it's done. That also hurts my feelings. Like I I, I get it. I mean, you know, Lola Falana is a classy lady and she's not going to give us like 10 shower scenes in a row, but you know, I could use one, <laughs> like just at least show her, you know, getting her ritual going on for the shower and my brain will fill in the rest later. Exactly. Right. Something. Come on, movie. Uh, help us. We see mean Joe gets a phone call, but uh, it's uh, not audible. So we don't hear anything said. <laughs> yeah. He doesn't talk. And the guy on the other side's not talking. It's like just this weird the other shit. Guy sounds like a uh, peanuts parrot. <laughs> Mean Joe kind of grunts at him a couple times, and that's about it. 
<laughs> so yeah, Mean Joe doesn't have a, a single line in this whole flick. <laughs> I think he makes like audible groans and grunts and uh, kind of points in certain areas. And but, rolls yeah. his eyes in others. Yeah, yeah, but that's it. Yeah, I think he did, that was engineered on purpose so they didn't have to pay him for speaking lines and he just showed up. This is clearly just cameo work that he's doing here. They probably shot all of Mean Joe Green shit in like one day. Probably. Well, Lieutenant gets a call and he lets it kind of ring for a while. The Lieutenant, as he stares at the phone, as he picks it up, it must be what I'm assuming is the Attorney General stating that he hopes he is on top of this and the Lieutenant says he's never lost one in 18 years and he won't lose this one now. Uh, so this must be a very important deal here. Yeah, well, Lady Coco, what we kind of heard at the opening clip here is the star witness or would be a star witness that would bring down this racketeering criminal emprise that is run by her boyfriend who apparently did all this business in front of her so she's aware of all of this and given yeah. given her pocket rocket spitfire fucking fiery woman ways I wouldn't doubt that she browbeat him into letting her be a part of what he does oh, oh my god right because there's no you way better she, take me yeah there's there's no way she's gonna let him just do this stuff on the side and her not know about it because that's just not her style you can tell exactly uh let's see here so um Coco uh she needs some lotion help on her back and Doug agrees to help her with those troubles and that leads to our next clip sexy it feels good too wait a minute I'm there now you can get all of it who does this for you when I'm not around it doesn't get done how many showers have you taken today not enough Did you ever try to wash the stench of a prison off of you a hundred baths wouldn't be enough you seem to have had it pretty comfortable sure they can buy you frills but they can't buy freedom it's like a disease eating at me I had to get out of there just one day he should have known that he? Eddie How did you get mixed up with him anyway? How does anybody get mixed up with anybody? It doesn't figure. You're hard outside, Coco. But I think you're soft on the inside. Why'd you prostitute yourself like that anyway? Oh, prostitute my ass. It was fun. Besides, he was good to me. Besides, how else would I get a chance to get the kind of things he could get me? You know, clothes, jewelry, respect too. Some respect. He's just a cheap hustler. Cheap. He was only the first black man to buy into Nevada. How many black men you know buy into the cream? That's why they want his ass. They want? We want him because he's a criminal who defied the state laws of Nevada. Black hasn't anything to do with it. That's the biggest bunch of horseshit I've ever heard. Boy, they got you so brainwashed, it's pitiful. They wash away everything except your blackness, but you sure damn well try hard enough. Coco, I don't think you're that stupid. You've got a lot to learn. Well, not your kind of lessons. Establishment bullshit. Your black loyalty is a bunch of bullshit. At least he took care of me when I was in the joint. If you're so loyal, why are you testifying? Because I... You know, I haven't been this close to a man and... I know. No, you don't know. You don't know. It's like when the softest thing around you is a shower. And you gotta share that with a lot of other girls. And their bodies are bouncing and rubbing against yours. After a while, I kind of like it. And at night, you lie awake in a hard cot. Just toss, roll, and look around till there's a hot pain aching between your legs. And it never goes away, it just continues on and on and on. And you lay on your back, because if you lay on your stomach, your rough sheets just rub against your breast. Drive you out of your mind. Fair enough. If that's all you're going to do. How long have you been in jail? Too long without. That's what you mean. 
Damn. (laughs) (laughs) Shit. Yeah. Well, when she wants to, the manipulation can swing in the other direction. And that whole story that she was telling was clearly just trying to get him in a frame of mind of thinking about her doing all sorts of lesbian sex on hot prison nights. And it sure was working for me. And it kind of worked for him, too. That's what I was thinking about. (laughs) (laughs) Right. And I love the whole anti-establishment fucking diatribe that she goes on before that, which also turned me on. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, damn, man, you are one lucky bastard. You're rubbing lotion on this lady who's dressing you down and talking about it. It's the establishment. You you can see her her ass real quick in reflection. So thanks, movie. Yeah. I'll take take what I get. And there's a couple there's a couple of scenes, too, when she starts having him rub her his hands on her breast when she's talking about it, where if you pause it just right and zoom in a little bit, you can see some nips. (laughs) How much did you work? Did you do for that? Not very much at all. I literally Uh just hit pause because I needed to grab a drink and I didn't want to look away from the screen during that scene. You you just got lucky. (laughs) It was a quick pause and I'm like, hey, look at that. Way to go. I think I see a nipple. Yeah, but that whole entire sequence illustrates how the mind is the most erotic thing because you really don't see a lot. And that whole description that she gives really kind of plays with your brain and really, I mean, it got me going. I'm not going to fucking lie. So yeah, man, make some things happen. Thank you, movie Uh, all around. (laughs) Yes, right. Doug stops it because he's lame um, and he claims it's not right. I Um, think it's just because he had a sense of duty. Well, she tried, but he wasn't into it. You said duty. Um, don't have hearts. Which is why he couldn't get a heart on. Uh, uh, she, uh, this causes a fight between them, and then she screams that she wants to go out for dinner. He denies her this, and she states that this is part of the deal. He says still that it's not possible, and so now she will not sing for them, and she wants to go back to jail. Yeah. And then she heads in for shower number three. She wanted sex. She couldn't get sex, so then she had another demand just to get the power back in this, because when he denied the sex, which, let's face it, I don't even even what is he superhuman how the fuck did he do that but <laughs> when he denies her I, I what she you, wants man, some boy scouts they know what they're doing i guess i don't know man <laughs> yeah some men make decisions with the wrong head apparently and choose not yeah. to have sex yeah right jesus <laughs> idiot you know what we you know what we call them nerds <laughs> <laughs> something jesus christ man <laughs> anyway the lieutenant shows back up uh doug is obviously in a bad mood uh doug informs the lieutenant what she said that she will no longer take testify unless she gets taken out to dinner and that she wants to go back to prison. Uh, after thinking, thinking, the tenant's like, I am so close to retirement. I can't lose this one. He tells her, um, he tells Doug to take her out to dinner. Uh, he'll be there, he said, so he'll be watching over things. And more than that, he's got a nose for this and doesn't believe anybody. There'll be any problems because he's like, no one even knows she's here. Yeah, I call horseshit on this. But then again, yeah. my whole thing where I'm like, okay, this is just bad script writing. This is just a bad choice. You know, they're just trying to make it to where Mean Joe Green is going to be able to make a move at her on dinner and all this kind of stuff. And here's the other thing that I kind of saw coming, but at the same time, I was like doubting it because it felt too telegraphed at the start. And then they pulled back on me and made me doubt myself. (laughs) (laughs) Right. So I'm like, kind of like, oh. Okay, well, good fair play movie, but we'll get there when we get there. Yeah. So anyway, uh, the bad guys get a phone call, and it is now time for them to head out. Lieutenant scopes out the place, and he sees a what he thinks is a suspicious, a suspicious looking character. And what we get from that is a cheap homosexual San Francisco joke. Yeah, not cool movie. Not cool. Yeah, no, fuck you. I won't even say what the joke was. That's why I put it like that. <laughs> fuck you, movie. Fuck you. Yeah, not cool. Don't care about the time frame. 
we've seen Simer do more gentle handling of something like this in Tangerine Man a lot better previously. So not cool movie. Not cool movie. Uh, Coco and Doug come down for dinner. They all order drinks. Doug rather not drink. He'd rather not Coco drink either, stating she hadn't eaten for some time. She was getting pretty annoyed by that. Well, and it's important to note that they actually meet up and have dinner with the couple that they met earlier. Yeah, that's I, I thought I'd said that. I'm sorry. They were having dinner with the newlywed couple that they had met earlier. Yeah, who uh, really I, seem excited to be having dinner with another couple on their honeymoon. Yeah, well, you know, I'm just saying this is like the, what, the 70s, right? They didn't call you know? it the swinging 70s for nothing, but come exactly, on, man. Exactly, man. Don't set up Righteous. something like that without delivering something like that. You're goddamn right. <laughs> and then the husband even suggests that they have, if they any one of them smoke, because he's got some really good stuff from Turkey. He's got the turkey marijuanas. <laughs> I hear you inject one turkey marijuana, and bam, you are a gay. Next thing you know, you're gobbling knobs. <laughs> Exactly. Because it's from Turkey. Gobble. Gobble, gobble. That is such a horrible joke. I have to leave that in. Yep. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I feel bad. I'm ashamed of myself for going there. Is it weird that I'm proud of you for going there? <laughs> I'm not ashamed of myself because I feel like it's so base and so low. I'm ashamed of myself because of how dumb it is. <laughs> the husband of the newlywed couple asked Coco to dance, and they go dance. Doug kind of, at that point, starts losing losing his sight of Coco as they're on the dance floor. So he grabs the other wife who says she doesn't really want to dance, but they're dancing anyway to go out and dance. As everyone is dancing, Coco sees Mean Joe. She runs into the other wife uh, and uh, says uh, to show her where the bathroom is. As start heading to the bathroom, Doug and the other husband catch up. Um, and she says, we're just heading to the bathroom. They get into the bathroom and she kind of comes clean to the other uh, wife that she saw her ex-boyfriend there and that she needs to talk to him. The other wife's like, are you going to go cheat on your husband? And she's like, no, it's not that. I just need to talk to him. I need to do it privately. So the other wife says, why don't you use my room? It'll be a lot easier. And she says, that'd be great. So they sneak out of there and then all of a sudden, like, uh, just just so happens the other husband makes Joe go to a different slot machine that's going to be the winner. That also makes it harder for him to see. As she heads to the elevator to go head up to the other wife's room, the lieutenant sees this and he starts heading to there, but he gets blocked by Joe and the creepy dude. This uh, all feels like a whole bunch of like plot contrivance, coincidence, and a bunch of other things that... Filler as shit? Yeah. <laughs> like, when I'm watching it, I'm like, come on, movie. What the fuck? And then yeah. I get pleasantly surprised when it all pays off and that, you know, like I said, this is all part of that, wow, I didn't see that coming. Good work, movie. Exactly. Cool. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So, the wife then shuts Coco into her room, locking it, and smiles. And then we see Eddie, and that leads to our next clip. Eddie! Oh, Eddie, what are you doing here? I thought, Jesus, when I saw Big Joe downstairs, I should have known something was going on. <laughs> what are you doing here? Hey, look, look, after you've been locked away for a year and a half, you think I'm not going to take advantage of a chance like this to see you? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jesus. Come on. <laughs> you know, you shouldn't be. I mean, you really shouldn't. If they Hey, now, look, oh, look, woman. My girl can take all those chances you've been taking for me, go through all that shit. Well, I can take a few chances for you to make sure you're all right. You are all right, aren't you? Oh, yeah, I'm all right now. Yeah. I just want to get out of stinking joint and be back with you. Yeah, well, soon, baby, soon. You know, I spent over a hundred grand trying to get the courts to get off their butts and try and make a decision on your appeal. And my people say it should be this month. Yeah, well, you tell them to hurry it up there. Yeah, well, I wish they'd hurry, too. 
I just can't stand that place. It just messes with my mind. Not even be able to see you, blaming you, hating you, loving you. Not being able to tell you what I'm thinking. Hey, now, baby, don't. Baby, please, don't do that. I'm here now. It just gives me the chills, Eddie. Then I had this brilliant idea to bullshit my way out of there by letting them think that I was going to testify against you. Boy, did they eat that up. I've been dining, dancing, new dress. Do you like it? Mm, yeah. <laughs> On the stage. <laughs> You're too much, you know that? There ain't nobody else for me but you. You know that, don't you? Yeah, I just wish I could have told you. So glad you found me. You and those honeymooners. Oh, well, I was a little confused. But you know me, baby, I always like to check things out. Cover myself. Yeah, I know. I've been watching you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's pretty good-looking company they got you traveling with. You mean Doug? You don't have to worry about him, hey? He's just a little boy scout doing his duty. You're the only man I know. <laughs> yeah. Well, baby, this um, boy scout, has he been asking questions about me? You know, wanting to know about my business. Cops are always talking. They always want to know something. But I didn't tell them anything. You didn't? Hell no. Why should I? Well, you know how tricky they can be. You know, maybe back up at the prison. Somebody, anybody, you know, asking questions about me, uh, the things that you've seen me do since we've been together. Hey, Eddie, you like I'm your woman. Now I've been in that cell block for over a year protecting you. Now I haven't, and I won't say anything. <sighs> I know that, I know that. It's just that I was... It's just nothing. No, I need you, and it's been so long. Yeah, I know, I know. I needed you too. But there ain't no time now. Please. Hey, now, look, you're gonna be missed, girl. And you know I don't like to rush those things. <laughs> now, they're gonna have everybody in the scout pack up here looking for you. If you don't hurry up and get back to your room. But, Eddie, you just... <laughs> Soon, baby, soon. Okay. Okay. Coco, I'm always close. Just you and me. Remember that. Okay. It's at this point in the movie where I start thinking, okay, maybe they're doing something else. Like when the lady locks her in the room and he, she starts talking with Eddie and he's already in there. I'm like, okay, something's going on. What's up here? What What are they doing? That's when I'm like, all right, so I'm going to give you a little bit more time here, movie, because you kind of surprised me. You know, she was supposed to go up there and wait to go meet with Eddie, but Eddie was already in the room and she gets locked in there. And I'm like, okay, so this couple's part of it now? now yeah, I don't know. Now we're seeing something. That's the first time I was like, okay, yeah, movie. now they're building something here. Yeah, I'm like, okay. Now, so now all that so-called plot contrivance and the way that they're acting all weird and stinted, it's part of the movie because they don't know how to act because they're pretending to be something that they're not to try and get her away from from fucking Doug. Even more so here later, and we'll get to there. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, it's so here anyway. It's here where you see that there's an ulterior motive that they're acting that way, and that's where you get the inclination yes. of what's happening. Exactly. Well, as Eddie leaves, he gives the bad guys, uh, Mean Joe and Creepy White Guy, a look. And then he looks at the sniper rifle, looks back at them. We find that Doug is looking for in the room, and he finds out the newlyweds are not even registered, and nor the hotel ever heard from him. He goes back to looking, and uh, Eddie leaves, and his car and is already with another woman. So things not looking good for Lady Coco. Yeah, there's a reason why she was probably left behind for over a year because yeah. she might be too much of a spitfire and maybe Eddie decided he wants a woman he can control better now. And also, you know, maybe, you know, kind of like what men do, looking for somebody new, you know? <laughs> yeah, he doesn't care that she spent a year in jail for him. He just wants something new because there's what yeah. I've already had and then there's just new and that's 
all exactly. that matters to most men. Because men are gross. <laughs> well, Always yeah. Remember. Yeah. I'm not going to argue that. <laughs> we all fight against uh, it, those of us that want to be good people. Yes, we do. We definitely do. And we're not very good at it. So anyway, <laughs> uh, the bad guys start to take aim as Coco uh, arrives back into the room and she calls Doug, letting him know that, hey, we're back. And here's where maybe Coco's lady luck goes up. Professional hitmen and they start taking shot. Number one, she doesn't notice the window keeps breaking. You notice that? Yeah, there's, it's played up for comedic effect. And the other thing that I wanted to point out too, if they're so professional, why is the one guy acting as a fucking lean-to for the gun? Why is he the, exactly. the thing that he steadies the shot on? He should have had a tripod of some sort and the other guy should have been doing range finding or something like that. That would have made them seem more professional. I think they played exactly. this whole bit up for comedy and that's the why it was the way it was. Because I was well, laughing my ass off the whole time at this. Right. And then the comedy stops after they kill the maid and they blow her away pretty good. Well, they do two shots and both of them go through the window pretty close to each other and they yeah. both hit the walls around her and neither one of those things were loud enough to make a noise that where they get Coco's attention at all. And then, then the maid gets shot and because there's oodles of blood pouring out and the maid falls over that Coco finally realizes somebody trying to kill her. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. Then the glass fully shatters out because there's three holes in a row and they all join together and that's yeah. when she realizes people be shooting at her. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Lieutenant and Doug show up. Uh, she tells Doug that Eddie was there. Doug goes after him, and the lieutenant warns him not to do anything rash. Uh, Doug starts, and he comes out of the front of the building, and he finds the newlyweds trying to get in their car. Uh, it comes a kind of a weird... Uh, a weird sequence uh, where it's not really a car chase, but it's like a car driving around a parking lot that keeps getting shot at by one guy. Well, there's only one way in. It's a like a C-shaped yeah. parking lot where they have to go around and then they can come back out. But they basically can't get out the way that they wanted to. And they tried to get the other direction away from him being able to shoot and then go across the other way to the parking lot. They almost hit him a few times and then he unloads, what, two clips on them? Kind of. I don't know if you ever see him reload, but yeah, you see him. Oh, no, he does. There's one scene where he... Oh, is there one scene where he reloads? Yeah, right after they they flip up on their side, which was fucking amazing, by the way, where the car goes up on its side off the snowbank and then drops back down and then keeps driving. That was really fucking cool. But uh, right after that happens, you see him drop the clip and then put a new one in it and then cock the gun to reload it. And he never picks up the clip and he actually, the actor kicks the clip when he goes to run and it goes sailing a little bit. And then he unloads the second clip on them when they're coming out. And that's when he causes the crash crashing like the pool or something like that yeah and that little cur- that that little car takes a beating man it flips over a couple times crashes through stuff drives through the fucking casino that Fuck was it. amazing that was like almost blues brothers level of cool they actually yeah. drove the car through the casino and like really close to hitting people and fucking one-armed bandits and all sorts of cool shit like that. I was stunned. Like, I, my jaw was dropped the entire time during this sequence. I mean, it's not the most amazing thing ever filmed, but the budget they clearly did not have, and they still pulled this off and somehow talked the casino into letting them do this. It's so yeah. fucking cool, man. Right? It's, it was a really awesome sequence. Anyway, they get kind of turned around, they launch in the air, and they land in the... At this point in time, the the, bri- the newlywed bride actually is hanging off the side of the car trying 
trying to shoot uh, Doug as well. That so was some amazing stunts too, and super to stupid, him. super stupid yeah. stunt, super but amazing. Dumb, yeah, but amazingly done. <laughs> yeah, and they fly the car into a pool. Well, the blue-eyed bride is able to swim out, but unfortunately, the husband is stuck. And well, by newlywed husband, because you you drowning like a bitch. <laughs> well, he's stuck in a seatbelt. I think he got knocked out, and by the time he came to, he had already started chugging water through his lungs. So I, I think he was fucked no matter what. When that crash happens and the person who did the stunt of the person hanging onto the side goes yeah. flying off into the pool, did you notice that they almost hit the side of the pool? They had too much trajectory. Yeah. yeah, man. I mean, that pool was not big for a car that size at the speed they were going. No, the person who did the stunt actually corrected midway through and they actually tuck a little bit and hit the water to slow them down. <laughs> you Great could job all the way around. Yeah. <laughs> There's some like crazy stupid stunts in this where I'm like, how did you not die? But still awesome. Like this yeah, whole sequence. This is, kind of the, this is kind of the end of the, the stunts. But I mean, this is an amazing sequence. The entirety of the sequence of the, the car driving, the shootouts, the, the stuff that the guy playing Doug, or at least the guy who stunts for the guy playing Doug. And then the stuff that the newlywed wife lady does hanging off the side of the car, all the rolling around and jumping. And then the car maneuvers while it's driving. This is your fucking set piece for the film. This is what you came here here for this is your exploitation grindhouse stuff yeah this, this it, entire it, sequence is what i would jump to right off your, the bat your, your newlywed wife who obviously is a is a dude a stuntman now uh, that's great I, it's great the stunts where you like tell and it's just that i don't know why it makes the movie for me <laughs> it makes it that kind of 70s stunt you know what i mean well yeah when it's clearly a stunt double and you know that's when you know shit's about to happen you know yeah yeah. <laughs> so anyway, uh, she runs into a bathroom, kind of gets up on a stall and, and stares down the gun as Doug gives chase. How Doug doesn't see her kind of, you know, standing there. I don't know. But OK. And then uh, I laughed as, my nuts off during this sequence. Yes. I was laughing so goddamn hard. They both start emptying both their guns in and out of the door, which with, closes it and shoots it open, closes yeah. it and shoots it open. I was laughing so fucking hard. It, I snorted Revenge of the Nerd style. Thing. I sat there Slackjawed stared at the TV going, how is any of this happening? <laughs> I just kept laughing, dude. I was laughing so fucking hard. I revenge of this nerd snorted. I, yeah. just, I was just laughing my fucking nuts off this entire sequence. I'm like, he's looking through all of these different areas and he can't see her clearly standing on top of the toilet where she can see out over top of it. Like, I'm like, even the camera notices it right off the bat when he walks in and we're supposed to buy that he doesn't see that. And then she shoots through the door and it shoots it shut and then he shoots at her through the door, which shoots it open, and it just goes back and forth. And it was so fucking comedic and Looney Tunes. I'm like, I don't know if they meant for it to be funny, but it sure is fucking funny. Yeah, right? No shit. It was so fucking hilarious. This is the other part of the movie where I'm like, all right, I'm sold. Lady Coco, you've just made me a fan. <laughs> <laughs> well, after all this is done, Doug ends up winning the Battle of Bullets. The bride falls dead, but after checking out, we have a crying game moment as she is actually a he. Yeah, I don't know what purpose that serves other than just trying to do some shock and awe where turns out this lady was a man the entire time. It was a man hitman, so. Yeah, and so is that like their shtick where it's both men? Are they actually a couple? Like, it... it <laughs> 
it raises more questions than it answers. And then they just have this weird sort of transphobic joke about where the guy's like, oh, I can't believe I danced with her. Yeah, he goes, I can't believe I, I wasted a dance on you. Yeah, something like something that. Something like that. And just I'm like, seriously. homophobic joke. Well, like, I didn't even mention it on, on the whole thing because, like, fuck it. But, I mean. <laughs> well, I mean, I understand it's a heterosexual man who is living in the 70s and probably had no way of being able to process what he just saw there. But still, it feels needless to put this whole entire thing in there and not really tell us why it's there other than just to try and shock and drive up a little exploitation. Is that what it is? Is it transploitation? Is that what we're getting here? I don't even know if it's that or if it was just supposed to be another wrinkle to a movie. You know? <laughs> yeah. Just another gotcha again. Well, this was the main surprise where I'm like, well, that's a twist that what I didn't twist. see coming. Yeah, like, what's what's the purpose of that? I totally didn't see this twist at all. Like, it just made no sense. Yeah, right? No idea. <laughs> so, so g- gentle <laughs> listeners out there, if you saw this coming and or it was established earlier in the film and both Matt and I missed it, please explain it to us because we didn't right, see right. it. Like, did she go to a urinal and stand up? You know what I mean? <laughs> Yeah, when we were both looking down to take notes or whatever. Yeah, we are both taking notes or thinking too much about Coco, and then all of a sudden... <laughs> like, Coco and Doug walk away, and she looks at her newlywed partner and goes, oh, I can't wait to waste this broad. My nuts are killing me. <laughs> Something, you know? God damn, these lacy panties are horrible on my nuts. Try to bowl with this shit. It just cuts you right in two. <laughs> Let's go, John. <laughs> Anyway, as Doug leaves, he sees Coco and Lieutenant leaving. Uh, he meets up with them, and Lieutenant says they're going to the station to keep her safe. It's 30 miles to Carson City as they're driving, and they are being followed by Mean Joe and uh, and Creepy White Dude. Doug tells the Lieutenant that he could take her to a friend's boat that's on a certain pier, and he trades guns as he is out of ammo. Slip uh, 42 on that particular yep. pier, by the way. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Uh, the Lieutenant offers to or a lieutenant drops them off and they split up and they head to the boat. They get there and she wants to know if she could take a shower. He goes, I don't know if this one has one, but if he doesn't, he says, I got a plan for that too. And that leads to our next clip. It's hot, huh? Yeah. Feel better? I will, I hope. It's been a pretty busy day. Yeah, because everything changes so fast. But I understood, Eddie. You know, I could have turned him in a million times. Why does he think I do it now? Maybe he didn't know that. Yes, he did. He knew me. I never really knew him. You know, all those times in Harlem, I've seen him in action. Cold, practical. I've seen him hurt people for far less than what he thought I was going to do. I thought he knew I was different. I was his woman. A businessman like him can't afford the luxury of sentiment. You're a nice man, Doug. Just doing my job. Is that all I am to you? Your job. Do you want me to commit myself? If you don't. I will. All right. Time for some loving. Yeah. (laughs) The actual only time we get to see her boobs, you know, intentionally on the film where it wasn't just a fuck up or she dropped the towel too low or something. And very nice, by the way. Thank you, movie. (laughs) Uh, In between acts of loving, we see the bad guys are heading out by boat with Mean Gene looking like George Washington standing on the boat. I laughed my ass off at that, too, because that was intentional. I was like, he's George Washington his way across to make a murder. That's awesome. I know. And uh, they they creep about the boat in between making love. It looks like Doug hears them. And then as they break into the room, they kind of have it surrounded and they blow it away into the room, shoot a ton. 
Yeah, they break, see- they break windows simultaneously, and one guy's unloading a revolver yeah. while the other one's unloading a shotgun or a rifle into the exactly. room. It was, yeah, it was a shotgun. They're just spraying bullets like a motherfucker and hoping that they're going to get somebody. Exactly. And being in a small room, they would. I mean, there's, yeah. there's nowhere to hide in a boat room like that. It was a dinghy. <laughs> yeah. As the lieutenant hears gunshots, he's walking up, and uh, he kind of gets onto the boat, and as he looks around, he finds that the bad guys are the ones that are dead. And this leads to our final clip. Don't turn around. Keep your back to me. Your other friend is floating out on the lake. What the hell are you talking about? I thought you were dead. How'd they miss you? Wrong boat. We were on the other one. This one didn't have a shower. How much, Ram? What'd you do it for? 40? 50,000? I don't know what you're talking about. You're never going to get a chance to spend it. You got nothing on me, Doug. I'm betting my 18 years, clean years against you. You were the only one that knew we were here. Not true. I called the precinct, which is why they're responding. Headquarters isn't going to believe you. You've got no proof, and they'll never believe the cunt. Why, you murdering bastard. Holy Coco. He's right. That's one thing about the letter of the law. Got to have facts. That right, Ram? You got it right, kid. Oh, the son of a bitch knows we don't have any proof. Shoot him, Doug. Turn around, Ram. Slow. What do you think Eddie will do now? Would he go according to the letter of the law? What do you mean? You know Eddie, baby. What would he do if Ramsey crossed him? He'd have his balls for breakfast. Give me my gun back, Ram. Here's the one you killed him with. What are you gonna do? I'm gonna make you a hero. 18-year veteran slays mobsters. Wait till your employer reads that little gem. Now, wait a minute. Lieutenant Ramsey just killed a couple men in a gunfight. Find one below and the other one's out on the lake. He saved our lives. Lieutenant Ramsey's a damn good cop. Let's go, Coco. That's pretty incredible. Damn, yeah. As they walk away, Doug makes mention at the very last line of, you know, freedom is just another word for love. And roll credits. Okay, so let's go into some final thoughts here with the film. Overall, I really enjoyed this film. And if we're going to do the compare and contrast, I actually like Lady Coco a lot more than Candy Tangerine Man. I can get behind her character. She's a woman who got mixed up with the wrong man. Her mouth and her penchant for the finer things in life made her make some shortcuts and some choices that she's paying for now. And the whole needing a shower constantly thing had nothing to do with the grid of prison. It was her conscience. She couldn't wash away the blood stains she had on her hands from the life choices that she made and that guilt and she couldn't wash away the guilt of turning on her boyfriend either until it turns out that he was just looking for a way to get rid of her and kill her too so this whole entire setup was essentially something that he probably orchestrated to get her out to kill her anyway uh, yep. that and was the other I, twist that I was like ooh neat I wonder if he did arrange the entire thing because that's pretty cool I know and I am also with you in that I enjoyed this more than Candy Tangerine Man uh, I felt that the title character is a lot more sympathetic than the the title character in Candy Tangerine Man because I mean it's one is a is a, a woman who maybe made a wrong choice in the man she dated where the other one is a man who decided to help sell women yeah, he was exploiting women no matter how they tried to stack it up, that he was a pimp with a heart of gold or whatever. And he only did it to women who were already, quote unquote, turned out. That whole premise doesn't work for me. I'm sure probably in the 70s, he may have seemed like a more, I don't know, anti-hero kind of character who was trying to find a way 
out and help the girls out as well, but I didn't buy into it. He's also a scumbag who's cheating on his wife, having unprotected sex with Lord knows how many experienced prostitutes. Don't really feel any sympathy for him. Whereas for her, I love her character right off the bat because she's a spitfire. She's overly opinionated. She's more than confident in her own ability to be able to rationalize and discuss the thing that she, the things that she's done. I kind of identified with her in more ways than I really was prepared to. And like, she was fucking hilarious and just a total joy to watch the entire time on screen. And I really wish that Lola Falana would actually have had more of a career than she did, but she didn't do a lot of stuff besides this movie. Yeah, no, but I agree with you. I mean, I think, like you said, that this character is way more able to to get a hold of and, and to actually root for. And she was a lot more fun to watch than, you know, the character who played Candy Tangerine Man just well, in general. Was, that wasn't much acting. She did a lot more acting. No, yeah, she's surprisingly a good actress. Like, once you realize that she was basically just kind of thrust into the movie from the various talent things that she's done and that this was kind of a thing that Sammy Davis Jr. just kind of, like, sandwiched her into, you know, and said, yeah. hey, make a movie for her to star in. Let's make her a star, you know? And I mean, whether or not it worked, I don't know. But, like, this movie works for me. She did the best with what she had. And this is, of the two that we've seen so far, this is probably my favorite Matt Simer film from the two. And it kind of makes me want to see what else he's done, especially knowing that he went on to be a major player in The Gorgeous Ladies of Wrestling, you know, and that that story, we kind of seen a fictionalized account of that in the actual Netflix series Glow, you know, with Mark Harmon's character. Like, I'm more interested in this guy now, and I want to know, or Mark Maron's character. I want to know more. (laughs) Yeah, exactly, right? All right. I I enjoyed this movie. I'm out of stuff to say, so. (laughs) So am I. Not a lot to really dig into. Why don't we take another break here, and we'll play a promo for a podcast that is now supposedly returning from the dead. I'm looking forward to this. We'll We'll have a little bit more music for from Lola Falana, and when we come back, we will have some PSYOP news. Want to learn more about horror directors? With a lighthearted look at three of their movies, meet fearless podcaster Gore Blimey. I've been unsettled by bats in the past and startled by parrots, and I've even been known to jump at the odd cockatoo. Discover horror films that are classics, and others, too. There's a topless aerobics massacre, an exploding rock singer, cannibals, nude martial arts, a deep fried prostitute. But it's not all silliness. You'll get proper movie breakdowns, opinion, and background information too. Yep, in the 80s and 90s, Jeff Stryker was huge in gay porn. In every sense. So if you're a horror film fan, come and check out the Trilogy of Terror podcast at strangeanddeadly.com or find it on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or on your podcatcher one of those people that has a certain charisma and a certain style and I'm just hoping one day he'll rub off on me the trilogy of terror podcast where we try three times harder to give you the willies
Okay, so I've never been a fan of Engelbert Humperdinck. That's probably no shock to anybody who's ever fucking met me or heard me talk for five minutes. <laughs> but I kind of like this song now, man. I kind of like the way that she's doing it. I'm, I'm digging yeah. it. I'm into it. There you go. <laughs> so this was one of the things that I grabbed off of one of her variety shows. I found it on YouTube, so that's why the audio is a little fucked. But hey, it's still fun. It's, it's a cool it's thing. Still, it still sounded good to me. It flavors the episode just fine. You know, it's working. There you go. <laughs> you know what I would like to have work for me, Matt? What's that? Give me some sauce. I have news. You have your choice. Both, Both cops Nazi. are bumbling dummies. Almost. <laughs> Both Nazi-related news stories. And you'll let you choose. Neo-Nazis are pretty good people. Is that why you God damn you choosing two of those stories no. about them? Or? You, you, we can do both, too. But I'm going to make you choose which one we do first. Okay. First one. Ohio Haunted House apologized for hosting Swastika Saturday event. <laughs> Wow. And then the next one, man who dressed his child as Hitler complains of ill treatment at trick-or-treat event. Okay, yes, we are reading them both, but I would like to hear the Haunted House Swastika Saturday because that is fucked, and I want to know what's going on with that shit. You got it. Hold on. It's pulling up now. (laughs) I hate a toddler. (laughs) Shoot some fucking ropes. All right. So, Ohio Haunted House apologizes for hosting Swastika Saturday event. Uh, Haunted House in Patoscala, Ohio has apologized for hosting a Swastika Saturday event over the weekend. And Satan's cock. They hosted that too. Wow. Yeah, right. Haunted Hoochie hosted a Swastika theme event on Saturday. The event received major backlash online <laughs> after, 11, after 11 people were killed in a shooting at the Tree Life Synagogue in Pittsburgh. Oh, tears are good lube. Ooh, poor timing court. Yeah, wow, geez. Yeah. Federal <laughs> prosecutors have filed hate crime charges against suspect Robert Browers who made anti-Semitic statements during the shooting. This is like traces of death fucked to porno. Uh, on behalf of the entire Haunted Hoochie staff, we first and foremost extend our sincerest condolences to the families affected by the tragedy in Pittsburgh and the Jewish communities of the area. Second, we will in no way tolerate any form of hatred on our grounds, from our staff or from our guests. This means that certain costumes or themes may be deemed inappropriate and you will be denied admission or asked to leave the grounds. Okay, so did the company actually okay this swastika Saturday or did this one guy just say that's what the event was and have a bunch of people show up. I'm a bit confused here. Yeah, I know. I'm going to keep reading, but it's starting to sound like it's just uh, maybe a rogue dude who has some control there said, this is what we're doing. Well, welcome to life. America is uh, a bunch of cunts. We will not host any musical acts which perpetuate any kind of bigotry, intolerance, hate speech, anti-Semitism, or the like now or ever again. The Haunted Hoochie is a place to escape the true evil in the world through the magic of Halloween theater, not perpetuate real evil. We welcome anyone to our show with open arms, provide you do not bring evil or hatred. People blast the, the Haunted House on social right media for this, and according to the Haunted House Associates website, the Haunted Hoochie has been in business for over 20 years, but this isn't the first time the Haunted House has been in the news for its choices. In 2015, the business experienced backlash due, a, due to a upside-down reversed American flag display above an attraction, according to USA Today. Okay, they court so. controversy, and this one bit them in the ass because they weren't thinking it through. Yep, I think so. Yeah. That's exactly what they do. This is not the sickness with which I am down. <laughs> And in their own defense, they said neo-Nazis are pretty good people. God damn you. <laughs> I, just... I love the sound of you dying a little inside every time you hear yourself say that. 
Every time it murders me just a little bit more. I love All it right. more when I can see it on your face. I could just watch some of your soul drain out of you just a little piece at a time when I play it in front of you. Oh, it's the worst. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. All right. So man dressed as childish Hitler complains of ill trick, ill treatment at a trick-or-treat event. I hate a toddler. An Owensboro man is taking heat online after complaining about how he was treated when he and his five-year-old son went to Halloween event dressed in Nazi garb. I'm Brian- Bryant Goldback of Facebook uh, took to Facebook to vet after he and his family attended the Trail of Treats in Orangeboro Thursday night. It's micro penis time. He posted a photograph of himself and his son in which he wore in what appeared to be a Nazi officer's uniform, and the boy wore a suit, swastika armband, and Hitler-style mustache. Tonight, grown adults threatened a child over his costume. Threatened oh, his he's looking for Wang. Well. Ooh, Goldback wrote, threatened to rip off his outfit off him screaming obscenities as scaring a small child you put a small child in a hitler costume man that's going to get emotions up okay i mean what the fuck Go i back hate a toddler family. Of history and often dress as part as historical figures. Let's jacket or something. <laughs> he, he said some people intervened on the family's behalf. This post is no longer visible on GoBox's page, but it was shared widely on Twitter Friday along with angry comments. A Reddit user shared another photo of GoBack and his son who were pictured with a little girl who was not dressed in similar fashion. Moderators turned off the commenting on the thread on Friday. So, I mean, but okay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> okay. He's doing this to try and see if he can get away with it. This is a, a t- test moment where he can kind of take the temperature of the world around him and see if he can MAGA his way into a fucking Nazi Halloween costume. And yeah, un- exactly. And unfortunately for him and fortunately for the rest of the world, good people will not let that stand. Should no. they have gotten fucking violent and angry and yelling about ripping the costume off of the child? No, but they should have been fucking calling in some child services for the abuse that that is. Jesus fucking yeah, Christ. Yeah, that's abuse. You can't blame the child. child doesn't know what's happening, but you can definitely get that child taken away from shitty parents. Well, it depends upon how young the kid is, but if we're talking like, you know... I hate a toddler. And he can't even form words, and he's like, goo, 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 ga, 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 which it sounds like it from the story. Yeah. The five-year-old probably doesn't know what the fuck he's doing other than his dad's dressing him up. Like, you know, the dad's like, hey, let's play Wolfenstein. No five-year-old should know who Hitler is. That's something you learn later. (laughs) Some five-year-olds may know, depending upon the entertainment that they watch. They may know, but they should I'm saying they shouldn't. They should Let know. childhood innocence stay long enough. The what? world's going to be shitty enough to them. All you got to do is watch an Indiana Jones film at five. I did. Uh, see, that's true. Then you'll definitely know who Hitler is. <laughs> I mean, you know, he's in popular entertainment for being the biggest bad guy ever. This? So, If you're five years old and you know who Hitler is, the first thing you should know is you should never dress up like Hitler. <laughs> Everyone should know that, yes. But I think the five-year-old should know better. But look at how his father was probably raising him. This is the sort of thing that he's doing. Doing, but yeah, it's not his fault. You just get that five-year-old in a better home, let him learn, you know, better things, and and this guy can uh, be sterilized, and so he can never <laughs> raise a child again. Well, the first thing that you should ask the person is how they feel about neo-Nazis, and if they answer, neo-Nazis are pretty good people, then you should probably not place the child in that home. I fucking hate you. <laughs> This uh, Skype defense thing works both ways. You may be able to drink on air, but I can get away with doing this without having to have you throw anything at me. I know, right? (laughs) (laughs) Jesus Christ, that's depressing. What is this world coming to? I don't know, man. (laughs) Halloween's crazy. Whatever happened to like... This horse sex is a thing. Why why don't we have that? Like, why don't we have more horse sex news? Something that's like... I don't know, man. People stop fucking horses and start dressing like Hitler. And other horse sex news. (laughs) People dress like Hitler now. Fuck that, man. Yeah. We need a 
better class of pervert in this world. <laughs> Goddamn right. <laughs> what are you doing to step it up? I don't know. Apparently, I'm not courting controversy enough because all of this shit these people are doing. This is not the sickness with which I am down. <laughs> At the risk of sounding unpopular, this broadcaster puts the blame squarely on you, the listener. <laughs> we need a better class of pervert out there. We need a better class of weirdos. We have better news. You guys news. need to jack up your pervertness. Get it going. <laughs> but make sure it's consensual. That's all we ask. Consensual pervertness. That's all we need. <laughs> All right, let's pull a chain on this fucking episode. I'm I'm out of stuff. Lady Coco has worn me down to a nub, and she can have anything she wants. <laughs> uh, that's right. She's going to let you know about it, too. <laughs> We're going to play a promo for one more podcast here for our final break, and we'll have a little bit more of Lola Falana's music. And when we come back, we will close out this fucking show. Hello, this is the Doom Show. Keep on keeping on and keep on trucking, America. We don't listen to our feedback because we don't get any. <laughs> the truth hurts. I just alienated the two people that give us constant feedback. Sorry, guys. That's got to go. <laughs> That's got to go in there. So on the show, uh, we talk about Giallo movies and slasher movies and cult movies. Sometimes we even talk about Cameron Mitchell and his movies. I am Richard. Who are you? I'm Brad, the guy that's not Richard, or Jeffrey, or Simon. That's right. We have four people, and we always talk at once, except to each other. Jeffrey lives up north. Simon lives across the world. Richard lives in Penis, Alabama. Hello, This is the Doom Show is a proud member of the Legion Podcast Network. Check out the other shows on legionpodcast.com. You can check out more Hello, This is the Doom Show at hellodoomshow.podomatic.com or at doommoviethon.com. Check for our Amazon exclusive Hello, This is the Doom Show cookbook. Do you like hot dogs? (laughs) We got them. Do you like mac and cheese? We got it. Do you like cheddar? We have it. Actually, we don't. No, no cheddar. Just Colby. Colby Jack. Hello, this is the Doom Show. We never gave up on you because you never gave up on us. Wow. Just one time. Just one time. Before you pass away. You better pray to God you get the Holy Spirit one time. Get the Spirit in the dark. Start getting the Spirit in the dark. Keep on moving. Get up and let's start grooving. Start getting the Spirit in the dark.
I know that she's saying get the spirit in the dark and that you need to pray for the Holy Spirit, but the way that she was dancing during this performance and the way that she's talking about getting the spirit in the dark sure as hell doesn't sound like the kind of Holy Spirit prayer stuff that I was taught as a kid, so I don't know what the fuck's going on with this song. Well, you had a very sheltered life. <laughs> Apparently, because the way that she's making it sound is like, you know, get yourself an orgasm in the dark and that's the same thing as the Holy Spirit. Or at least that's how I was picturing it and I was really into that. But then again, like I said, you need to find this and see the actual video because hot damn. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck's going on with that, but I was digging it way too much. Is it obvious that I've developed a huge crush on Lola Falana from this movie? <laughs> Very obvious, but hey, it's all right. <laughs> well, if you're not going to reach out and support Legion Podcast with the new Patreon that is being offered to help keep us all afloat and keep all of our shows going, including this one, you can help out our specific show and support our show while you support our show with the teespring.com store, teespring.com forward slash source forward slash cinema dash psyops we would encourage you to visit that store as well as subscribe to the legion podcast patreon because both things are going to help this show keep going because lord knows we don't know how long much longer we can do this without some support right you can also find our podcast on our home network legionpodcast.com forward slash cinema dash psyops we are proud members otherwise i wouldn't be hawking this goddamn patreon that's for sure (laughs) you can join our facebook groups where you can post your alternative photography of all the things that we mentioned earlier tonight, as well as shots of Lola Falana that you really enjoyed. Fucking A. You can friend both Matt and myself on Facebook. I am Court Psyops. There's now a picture of an eyeless weirdo, which is me with my Halloween makeup on. <laughs> That's my main avatar, and Matt is still the fucking yellow jaundicey boar that says brutal, and he's Matt Psyop. That's right. You can email feedback to Matt and also request that he come join your show for a brief guest spot and or leech him away. At this point, you know, we both would like to have that happen. <laughs> Matt at gmail.com that's pretty much the only way that you can reach him because for some reason his messenger app is fucked and you could probably try and DM him on Twitter but I don't even know if he checks that anymore I do you can slide in my DMs I get alerts you can email feedback to court cinemasyopscourt at gmail.com let him know that you would like to take Matt's place and you'll do a much better job how dare you <laughs> it's possible you can, you can tweet a couple of tweets to a couple of twats of your favorite shots of Lola Falana I'm at court hey. underscore psyop and he is at Psyop Matt. We're tweeting on the tweets for now, but let's see how much longer that lasts because we're really not getting a whole hell of a lot of response from there. No. <laughs> but whatever. We're on there. We're social. We're media. We are we Cinema Psyops. <laughs> we're also Legion Podcast. We're part of it. We are Legion. We're part of it now. And you can be a part of it too for a small monthly donation through Patreon and or just shopping at our Teespring store. Huh? <laughs> I'm really hawking my wares tonight, apparently. Yeah, you are, man. And while you're out there hawking your own wares, kids, kick the fuck out of this week and make it your bitch. The ocean's breeze is